Welcome to the podcast of Life Church in Houston, Texas. We are so glad that you are joining us today. We hope that this message inspires your week, builds your faith, and ultimately brings you closer to Christ. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the podcast. Today I'm going to be talking about the, the sounds of revival and the first sound of revival we hear, and it's a constant sound. It is the call of God for us to move into revival. But then we're going to go through this uh, month, and next week we're going to talk about one of the call, uh, sounds of revival it has always been the sound of prayer. The following Sunday, which is the 20th, we're going to be talking about the sound of revival, which is the sound of celebration. We're going to celebrate what God has done for us. We're going to celebrate how God has healed us, how God has saved us, how God is moving. And then that last Sunday, the 27th, my son is going to be preaching that sermon, and it's the sound of revival, our testimony. Amen. There's something about a move of God that will cause us to talk about everything that God has done for us. So so I'm really excited about that. Today, the call of God. Now, the word revival is from the Hebrew word chaya, which means to bring back to life or to restore, to, to uh, restore to a previous uh, condition. And we know that the, the very word revival is not in the Bible, but it is a biblical concept. It is a biblical concept that talks about restoration. It talks about rejuvenation. It talks about renewal. It talks about uh, uh, having interest in the things of God after maybe a time when we have neglected those things or those things have been uh, kind of obscure in our life. This, this is some of the scriptures that I've read through over these last few months and, and, and that have caused me to really want and desire for there to be a revival. And uh, one of them is in Isaiah chapter 57 and verse 15. For thus saith the high and lofty one that inhabiteth eternity, whose name is holy, I dwell in the high and holy place with him also that is of a contrite and humble spirit to revive the spirit of the humble and to revive the heart of the contrite one. I won't that reviving in my heart. I, I want to have that humility that is needed um, for God to move in my life. And I want to have that uh, contrition or that repentance or that sorrow over sin that will move me back to the place where God is talking to me and where God is helping me. And, and, and also in the book of Psalms chapter 85, verse six and seven, the psalmist writes, won't you revive us again so your people can rejoice in you, show us your unfailing love, O Lord, and grant us your salvation. Now, I want you to understand something here today. God does bring about moves and, and spiritual revivals and renewals, but they always start because he talks to our heart and we become hungry. We become hungry for the things of God. We become hungry for God to move in our heart. We become hungry for an awakening. And I think it would be very appropriate here in these first few minutes of this month's series for us just to make up our mind, I want what God wants for my life. 
Will anybody agree with me, both here and in Friendswood? And if you really want what God wants for your life, I invite you to stand with me right now and let's really have a time of prayer where we ask God to start this series off by talking to our heart and really causing us to awaken that spiritual side of our life. Amen. Will you pray with me? And if with your family, maybe you take them by the hand. Maybe this is a time where as a family, we step forward and we believe God for great things. Lord, you see us today as we stand and we stand because we want what you want for our life, God. We know that there is a call that is constant from you, oh God, for us to draw near to you and for us to trust you and for us to walk with you, dear Lord, and for us to let you be a part of our everyday life. And I just pray right now, dear Lord, in this room and in the room that is in Friendswood, that each of us would have our hearts ready for what you want to accomplish, ready for what you want to do in our life. And Lord, let there be a hunger that will come in our hearts, oh God, to see your will, your way, and your work accomplished. We pray it in Jesus' name. Will you just lift your hands and say, Lord, that's how I feel. Lord, that's how I feel. That's how I feel in Jesus' name. Amen. Can we give the Lord a great hand clap of praise? Amen. Amen. God bless you. You may be seated. Now, in our history, many times revival is mistaken for an emotional move. It, it is emotions, and sometimes motions can accompany a revival, but truly a revival is a change of our spiritual temperature, our spiritual direction. So let me ask this question and then answer it. When is revival needed? And revival is needed whenever the love of God's people has grown cold. Revival is needed whenever the love of God in God's people has grown cold. This is what the Lord said to the church in Laodicea in the book of Revelation. I know all the things that you do, that you were neither hot nor cold. I wish that you were one or the other, but since you are like lukewarm water, neither hot nor cold, I will spit you out of my mouth. You say, I am rich and I have everything I want. I don't need anything. And you don't realize that you are wretched and miserable and poor and blind and naked. There's a phrase in there that is so powerful. It's when the Lord looks at us and he reads our heart. Did you know that the Lord can read your heart this morning? Five people knew it. Let's, let's ask it again. Did you know that the Lord can read your heart? that he knows what's going on inside of you. And when we get to that place where we say, I have need of nothing, do you realize what we're doing? We're saying to God, I no longer need you. Well, I don't know about you this morning, but this is how I feel. I need God in my life and I need his touch. I don't want to be cold. I want to be on fire for God. 
So I want you to just consider some of the symptoms that would happen in our life that would cause us to really need revival. You know, when you're, when you're sick and you call the doctor or you go to the doctor, they, they start asking you, well, what's wrong? And, and how are you feeling? And you say, well, it's this, I'm feeling this symptom and, and I'm feeling this symptom. And, 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 and they were able to kind of diagnose just kind of what's going on in your life because of the symptoms that you're having. Well, I, I think that the need for personal spiritual revival has symptoms also, spiritual symptoms. And, and one of the big ones is just complacency. It's a, it's a place where we are self-approved or, or self-satisfied with our life. It's a, it's a feeling of contentment or pleasure or security uh, while unaware of potential danger that is all around us. I, I don't want to be complacent in this day when the enemy is still roaming like a roaring lion. It, 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 there's a symptom of revival when we have lost concern for lost people, lost concern for people that need the Lord, lost concern for people that are suffering the symptom of hiding or covering secret sins and, and, and just continuing to go through the motions. And, and listen, I, I know that there may be people even in this room that are doing that. I don't want you to feel condemned. I want to bring you to a place of repentance so that God can work in your life again. One of the symptoms of revival is when we have an unforgiving spirit. An unforgiving spirit is always a strong indication of the need of revival or perhaps it is being filled with pride. We know what happens when pride is in our life. Pride goeth before destruction is what the wise man says in Proverbs chapter 16 and 18. And then there is always a symptom that says we need revival when we have animosity to other Christians, people around us. All of these are just strong indications that something is wrong with our spirit and something is wrong inside of us and that we need to draw closer to God in this day. Amen. We need to go closer to the Lord in those situations. I, I just pray right now that, that you would just look at your own life and, and if there's something there that is a symptom of decay or a symptom of coldness or a symptom of moving away from God, that there would be a hunger in your heart to say, God, whatever it takes, awaken me and help me to be healed of these symptoms so that I can live for you with all of my life. Someone said, amen. It's okay if you help me preach today because I feel the spirit of preach in this place. This is what I believe. I believe that true revival happens not when God becomes more powerful because he is the all-powerful God. Not when God becomes more able because he is always able and sufficient. Not when God shows up because he is always present and ready to help us in the time of trouble. I think revival comes when we become fully committed to saying, God, you are the one that we will serve and we will give our life for you. Someone said, amen. Second Chronicles 16 and 9 give us this promise that the eyes of the Lord search the whole earth to, in order to strengthen those whose hearts 
whose hearts are fully committed to him. So I ask myself this week, what does a heart committed fully to God look like? That's what I want, God. I I want your help and I I need your help. And so, Lord, what would it look like when my heart becomes fully committed to you? And, and, And this is what I feel like the Lord told me. First of all, if my heart is fully committed to him, I'm going to trust him in every circumstance of my life. I'm going to trust him. I'm just going to go back to the place where I say I don't trust in horses. I don't trust in riches. I don't trust in the things of this world, the systems of this world. I fully trust in you, God, no matter what tomorrow may bring, no matter what the circumstances may be, no matter what may come my way. There's one thing that I will not be shaken of, and that is my trust that you will protect protect me and you will keep me and you will lead me. Someone said amen. I say right now, we make up our mind. I'm going to trust God in everything I do. Anybody in agreement with me? I'm going to trust God in every circumstances. I'm going to trust God no matter what tomorrow brings. I'm going to trust God no matter what happens. I'm going to trust God in every circumstance. Uh, Another sign of a fully committed heart is where we pray and ask the Lord for his direction in every situation and decision that we make. We just get to the place where we go back to being those type of people that we just pray about everything. Just just touch your neighbor and say, pray about everything. Touch the other neighbor and say, pray about everything. It's time that we get back as those people that trust in God and ask him to guide us and lead us in every situation that we face. Amen. Amen. This week, Lord, help us. This week, Lord, guide us. This week, Lord, give us the direction that only you can give us. You know, another sign of a fully committed heart is when we trust God's ways above the world's ways. When we trust God's direction above the world's direction and the world starts telling us certain things and causing us to feel like there's pressure for us to fit in and we say, no, 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 I am fully committed to following God and leaning upon his direction even if the world is going a different way. Hey, the church has always been the the, the group of people that swim upstream. We're always against the flow of the world. We are always believing to live for heaven's sake and believe that God has something for us. Amen. I want to lean on God's direction. And the last thing that I thought, that if I have a fully committed heart, my life will be lived the way that Jesus would live my life. The way that Jesus would live if he was here today. I want to live that way. I want to live the way that the Lord wants me to live. And in my study in the book of Ephesians with my small group, one of the things that I've been looking at is how Paul is encouraging the church in Ephesus to to walk worthy, even in the midst of all of the things that they are facing, to live the way that God wants them to live. And I want it to be today for my life. I want to be fully committed 
submitted. Is that all right? Am I preaching okay for you today? I don't want to make you uneasy with me. I want you to be uneasy with being complacent. I want you to be uneasy with being cold. I want you to have a desire to be a fully committed person that says, I'm going to have revival in my life. It's what we need. So we know why revival is needed. We know revival comes from a fully committed heart. So what are some of the things that we must do? And, and again, these are things that I think that we must do immediately. Immediately, Pastor, what are you talking about? I'm talking about right now. I'm talking about today. Why put off a move of God when a move of God is available for the church today? Amen. Why wait when God wants to pour out miracles today? Amen. Why hinder or why slow down when God wants to open the floodgates of his glory to bless us today? Does anybody want the blessings of God? Does anybody want the healings of God? Does anybody want the miracles of God? Then why wait? Why put it off? And so I thought about some things that I think we must do immediately. Some things that we need to do today. And I think the first thing is that we must seek God. Seek God. And as we seek him, we must seek him with a broken and a contrite heart. We must seek him saying, God, you see everything that is in my life that is not pleasing to you. Forgive us, Lord. Move us, Lord. Change us, Lord. Let there be a transformation that takes place in us, oh Lord. Let there be something that takes place in my heart, oh God. I don't want to come to God with pride or arrogance or, or not knowing that I really need him. I want to come to God with a broken and a contrite heart saying, Lord, I need you. I'm laying aside the things that would be a distraction to me. I'm laying them aside. I'm laying them away so that I can seek you with all of my heart with all of my heart. Does anybody feel that today? Am I just preaching or is somebody feeling what I'm saying today? Is somebody saying, Lord, have I gotten too far? Ask yourself, Lord, have I strayed too far? Lord, have I gone too far? Lord, have I grown too cold? Lord, have I grown indifferent? Lord, have I gotten to the place where I don't even try to sense your presence in my life? Have I just put it on autopilot? Have I just put it on cruise control? Lord, let there's something break inside of us. Let our hearts break again for the glory of the almighty God to descend in our midst. God, let us have our hearts broken again so that you would move in our midst like never before. I'm going to talk about it next week, but one of the sounds of revival is the prayer of repentance. And you know what? I just think it would be an appropriate time for us just to repent right now, for us to seek God with a contrite heart. For us to seek God with a heart of repentance. For us to say, God, I want to make sure that my life is right. I wonder if here and in Friendswood, we could just pray a prayer of repentance right now. Let's just bow our head and close our eyes and, and, and let me pray. And as I pray and you agree, say amen. Say, that's me, Lord. Let your voice be heard. Lord, you see us today.
and you see that this church is hungry for the sound of revival. We're hungry for the sound of you moving in our midst, Lord. And I just pray right now for each and every one of us that there would be a repentant heart a contrite heart, a broken heart, dear Lord. I pray that as a church, we would humble ourselves before you, oh God, and that you would see that as a church, we know that we can do nothing without you, that we need you every step of the way with all of the decisions that are before us. We don't want to go if you don't go with us. And we don't want to go one more minute in this service without feeling your presence and seeking your will in our life, God. So we turn to you with broken and contrite hearts and say, Lord, send the sound of revival this week, this month, this day into our midst. We pray it in Jesus' name. Will you just lift your hands, both places, both campuses. Let's just love the Lord together for a moment. We love you, Jesus. We love you, Jesus. Come on, I want to hear your voice. Just lift it out just a moment. We love you, Lord. We need you, Jesus. We need you, Jesus. We need you, Jesus. I, lo I love to hear that. I love to hear us praying together. I, I, I love to hear voices lifted because I think that's another thing that we need immediately to do. And that is we must pray together with one heart and one mind. We must pray together and say, Lord, we need you. That's one of the things I love about the book of Acts church. I love how they prayed in unity. L listen to these verses. Chapter 4, when they've been arrested, when they've been threatened, this is what they say. Uh, the Bible says in verse 23 and 24, as soon as they were freed, Peter and John returned to the other believers and told them what the leading priest and elders had said when they heard the report all the believers lifted their voice together in prayer to God. Oh, sovereign, sovereign Lord, creator of heaven and earth, the sea and everything in them. I, I love that. They lifted their voice together when there was, uh, there was a confrontation, when there was threaten, uh, threatenings towards them. They believed God. And, and listen to what happened. I'm not going to read the whole prayer. It's amazing. But if you jump down to verse number 31, it says, after this prayer, the meeting place shook. Everybody say shook. The Spirit of the Lord just grabbed a hold of it and just shook the place. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. Then they preached the Word of God with boldness. Amen. Let's lift our voices in prayer. I just wonder how many of you will pledge with me this week that you're going to pray for the sounds of revival to be released in your heart and in the heart of Life Church. Heart of Life Church. Yes, Lord. That's something that we must do. Another thing that we must do is we must be in obedience to everything God reveals to us. I believe that even as I've been preaching here over these last few minutes, and, I, and I've actually gone 20 minutes so far, I, I believe that in this 20 minutes of preaching, that while I've been preaching, that God has revealed some things to you.
Maybe some things that are keeping you from revival. Maybe some things that are hindering you from really having that fully committed life. Maybe some things that God wants you to do that you put on the back burner. Listen, for us to have revival, we must be in obedience to everything that God reveals to us. And then the last thing that I felt is we must tell others about the goodness of God. That is a sound of revival. And I just wonder, is there anybody in this room that can give me a testimony that God has been good to you? I just wonder if there's anybody in the room that God has been merciful to. I wonder if there's anybody in the room that God has healed, that God has delivered. I'm thankful for the goodness of God in my life. One of the things about revival is that revival means I'm going to bear witness for what God has done in my life. I'm going to proclaim to other people what God has done in my life. You see, this is what we need to understand. Revival is not for the world. Revival is talking about something coming back to life. Well, you have to be had life at one time or another to be brought back to life. And many people in the world are spiritually dead, like Paul talks about in the book of Ephesians chapter 2. The revival is not for the uh, world. Revival is for us. But this is what will happen. If we have revival, then the Lord will release the spirit of evangelism in the church. And when the spirit of evangelism is released, that's when the world is attracted to what God is doing in our life. Because really, revival just means to bring back to life. You can't have revival if you've never been spiritually alive. My my third point is revival is always personal before it's public. Everybody say me. It's me. I've got to have revival. I I can't talk about revival to other people and and, uh, be sure that they understand what I'm saying until revival starts happening in me. It's always personal before it's public. But this is what happens. Revival takes place in me. And when revival takes place in me, all of a sudden it starts happening in my family. I want to see every father in the room that would like to have revival in your house. I want you to see you hold your hand up. I'll tell you how to have revival in your house. Have revival in your own life first. Have revival in your own life. Have prayer meetings by yourself. Pray until God shakes you and this is what will happen. What starts in the private, in the personal, will eventually become public and when it happens in you, it will happen in your family. When it happens in your family, it'll happen in your small group. When it happens in your small group, it'll happen in your church. And when revival hits life church, it will affect the community. It'll affect the city. It'll affect the nation. It'll affect the world because that's how God moves. But it's always personal before it becomes public. Revival has to happen in you before it can ever happen through you. Revival must happen in you before it can ever happen through you. Now, now this is what the Lord said to the prophet Ezekiel. Ezekiel 37, the Lord took hold of me and I was carried away by the spirit of the Lord to a valley filled with bones. 
He led me all around the bones and that, that covered the valley floor. They were scattered everywhere across the ground and were completely dried out. Then he asked me, son of man, can these bones become living people again? Oh, sovereign God, I replied, you alone know the answer to that. Then he said to me, speak a prophetic message to these bones and say, dry bones, listen to the word of the Lord. This is what the sovereign Lord says. Look, I will put, I'm going to put breath into you and make you live again. I, I want you to just picture yourself as you are at this place where you need revival, that God is coming to you and saying, can revival take place in your life again can revival take place I answer like Ezekiel answered Lord only you know this is what I think I think God was asking Elijah not can they but do you want them to live again? <laughs> That's what I really think. I really think that he was not asking a rhetorical question. He was seeing if Ezekiel was hungry to see a miracle like had never been seen before. If Ezekiel would have the faith to believe that something could happen like had never happened before. This is what I believe that God is constantly doing. He's constantly coming into our lives and saying do you believe these dry bones can live and this is what I would say to you today somebody needs to have faith in God somebody needs to have faith in God for your healing somebody needs to have faith in God for your marriage somebody needs to have faith in God for your children someone needs to have faith in God I get so tired of talking to people that have problems. I'm not gonna stop. I'm, you, you can have, you have a problem, I'll talk to you this week. But the place where I get tired is there's only the negativity of this won't change and this is unchangeable and this is a horrible situation I've gotten myself in. This is what I would like to ask you about whatever situation you're facing today. Can these bones live again? That's what I want to ask you. I want to ask you, can these bones live again? And I don't want you to give an answer that is self-serving. Oh yeah, Lord, you can do anything. I want you to answer this. I want these bones to live, God. I want my marriage to work, God. I want my children saved, God. I want my parents saved, God. I want revival, God. I want healing in my life, God. I want it. When you ask me if it can happen, here's my answer. I want it, oh God. I want it to take place in my life. I want it. I, I don't know if listening to my dad's clip has, has triggered old time preaching or not, but I, I may have gone back a little bit in time and preaching one of those sermons, but this is what I want to say to everyone in this room. Have faith in God. As a matter of fact, 
here and in Friendswood, if this week when the situations come and the giants come, I, I love that song that, that, that we sang about how no giant can stand against him. This is what I want you to do. I want you to stand up and say, I want the will of God, the miracle of God. As a matter of fact, why don't you just stand right now and say, this is what I'm going to do for the rest of this week, for the rest of this month. Any situation that comes my way, I'm going going to trust in God. Someone say it with me. I'm going to trust in God. Somebody say it like you mean it. I'm going to trust in God. Jesus. Jesus. Come on, prayer team. I want you to line up here. I want you to line up. I want all the prayer team to come. Even if you're not scheduled today, I believe people are going to come for prayer. Life Church, this is what I believe. I don't think it's a question of can we, can we have revival. I don't think that's the question. I don't think it's the question of can we really have a move of God. This is what I think the question is. Uh, this is what I think that is really happening. I think God is asking us, do you really want revival? And you can leave the lights up just a little bit if you don't mind. Do you really want revival? Do you really want God to do something in your life and in the life of this church that he wants to accomplish? If I stood at this stage and, and before on this, at this podium and would tell you about all of the prophecies that have taken place through the years for this house. It would take me hours to get through them. This is a house of promise. <laughs> this is a house of faith. And this is a house where God wants to move. And so the question isn't, can we have revival? It's God asking us, do you really want revival? Listen to the verse 7 of Ezekiel 37. So I spoke this message. You remember what the message was. The message was dry bones live. <laughs> so I spoke this message just as he told me. Suddenly, as I spoke, there was a rattling noise. I hear dry bones rattling. Seems like that would be a good lyric for a song, guys. There was a rattling noise all across the valley. And the bones of each body came together and attached themselves as complete skeletons. I'm going to stop there. The rest of the miracle is there was muscle and sinew and organs and skin and breath that came back. And the valley that was once full of dead bones became a valley of living men because of the power of God. This is the sound of revival. It's when my heart says, I want that more than anything else in the world. I want that more than anything else that is offered. I want a move of God. Friends, what I'm fixing to turn you to Pastor Bo for prayer. And I thank you. I love you. We'll see you next week. God bless you, Bo. Take that. Here in the Houston campus, this is what I'd like for us to do for just a moment. I want us just to pray. 
before we start coming, the team is getting ready to lead us, but before we start to come, I want us to pray, God, I want revival in my life. Be honest. <laughs> and, and listen, if you have doubt, start praying that, Lord, you, you see that there's that belief, but help my unbelief. I want to get to that place where my desire is for your will to be done. Lord, thank you so much for today. Thank you for what we feel in this place, oh God. I just pray right now that everyone in this room, that they would see those dry bones and they would say, dry bones, you will live again. We will not let you die. There is hope as long as there is a God in heaven and he is eternal. He will never see. So there's always going to be hope. I see you situation, I see you giant, I see you problem. I say to you that you must diminish and he must increase in our life today and that your will would be done, God. Put hunger in our hearts, oh God, for you and for your ways. In Jesus' name we pray. In Jesus' name, everyone said in Jesus' name. I've got the prayer team here. God bless them. Thank you so much. And this is why I ask every one of them to be up here. Because I want everyone in this room that has any hunger in your heart for a move of God, I want you to come to this prayer team and let them pray for you as soon as the team starts singing. But beyond that... I want you to come. But this is another desire that I have. I desire for fathers that are in this house to take their families and bring them to an altar and say, as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. I want you to stand here and say, this is the day where I make a declaration that I will serve him. In Jesus' name, I love you so much, Life Church, and I'm excited about the sound of revival. As Andrew leads us, come on. I want you to come and find somebody to pray with, and let's let God's will be done here today in Jesus' name.